and welcome to a novel evening. Uh, but a novel evening with a bit of a twist, because that's right, it is a crossover episode. I'm going to be joining the wonderful Phoebe at Paul's Books over on Instagram, uh, where you can find some of the most glorious bookshop shots. Basically, you're going to be making a list of places you need to go ASAP. And I'm going to be joining her on her podcast, Off the Shelf. And I'm very excited because I'm going to be delving deep with her into her fantasy fictional night. And she is going to be asking me my top five books of all time, uh, which uh, I'm pretty nervous because that is probably the hardest question I have ever been asked. But we are going to join forces for a very, very special crossover edition uh, off the novel evening. Hi, Danny. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How about you? Uh, as we were just saying earlier, I'm a tiny bit hungover, but otherwise I am good. Had a great night out last night and so excited about this crossover episode. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. So for those of you um, who don't know, uh, I'm Phoebe from Pause Books. I have a podcast of my own called Off the Shelf where guests come on and pick their five favourite books. And I will be asking Danny about her five favourite books later on in this episode. But to start with, uh, Danny's got some questions for me. Yeah, so I'm Danny. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books, and my podcast is A Novel Evening. So I'm going to be asking Phoebe about her dream fantasy fictional nights. Um, most people seem to have gone for a bit of a party. Personally, I'd probably go for like a bit of a dinner date with my book boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to ask Phoebe about her her fictional evening. So I'm going to be your maitre d for the for the night. Where are we going? Where are we going first? So I just think about this, and I was really torn because there are loads of places I'd really like to go. But I've gone epic cliche, and I've gone for the castle in Beauty and the Beast. More specifically, I would like to have um, a big dinner party. So I want the dining room where everything sings. I mean, that's ideal, isn't it? So you need the opener to be be my guest, be our guest. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm thinking because it's a party, we either have like a pre-dinner cocktail hour in the fancy library Mm. or we have the after party in the library. I haven't quite decided yet. I mean, that library is a, that as a kid, that was like my dream, which we have that library. I I can see why she fell for him. (laughs) Yeah. I read somewhere that it's based on a real library. Um, I think it's somewhere like a palace in Austria or someone like that. So one day, like it could happen. Someday we may I mean, get to have maybe a not the, like that. Yeah, maybe not the dancing crockery, but the library could. So you're going in and having your potential, you know, drinks in the library to start with, perhaps some food with some singing crockery, and then maybe a little dance in the hall after. Yeah, pretty much. That that's, okay. that's my solid plan. Um, and I think for drinks. See, I feel like I've drunk enough Prosecco for one lifetime, so maybe not Prosecco, um, but something nice. Yeah, I don't know. Like a like a light gin cocktail with elderflower mm. and mint would be nice. And then obviously nice canapes while we're in the library. Um, and then for dinner with the singing crockery, um, if, some, if like my mum could make lasagna, that would be great. Really enjoy that for dinner. And then for pudding, I'd like sticky toffee pudding. Oh, yes. And then yes. to, to drink with dinner, um, I've uh, kind of split this up, shall we say. So obviously for the lasagna, you want like a red wine. Mm-hmm. 
then for the sticky toffee, you obviously want a dessert wine, which is like really sweet. And I had a really nice one on holiday a couple of years ago, which I'd have that one. And then for after, I don't know, like, would, would you call it like, like, you know, when they go around after you've had pudding, everyone says, do you want coffee? No coffee. We're having more drinks. Like an aperitif. Yes, exactly. Like an aperitif. <laughs> exactly. Um, the thing is, I always hate going to places where they're like, you have to pick from a limited amount of drinks. So everyone can have what they want. They'll just be like, a, a limitless infinite menu and everyone can pick what they want i mean it's a magic castle so that should yeah, be so, yeah so you think they had they would have like a big cellar with lots of expensive wine in tons of it so who's your first guest who's arriving first well i've kind of uh uh cheated here because there we there are two but the reason why they're two is um if anyone has ever um uh read the lord of the rings Mm-hmm. In the Lord of the Rings, there are four hobbits, and two of the hobbits are Pippin and Merry, and they who I'd like to arrive first, because I think everyone knows that hobbits love a party. Oh, they, love, they love to eat, they love to drink, they love to party, and I just think they'd be really fun. And they always come together. Pippin and Merry come as a, well, come this, as a team, so, don't they? Yeah, so this is why I picked, picked two. Okay, so they come in, and they're obviously going to be pretty bowled over by the fact there's large glasses of wine on the table. Exactly, exactly. My favourite bit of Lord of the Rings films is when they go to like a man pub or man slash human pub and they realise it comes in pints. Oh, that's my favourite bit. It comes in pints. I love it. That's such a good bit. So we've invited the the two hobbits. So the party has officially started. Yeah. Who's next? Well, I had to think long and hard about this because you want someone that's like, there are loads of like famous authors that I'd like to meet, but you want someone that's going to be really fun. And I'm not sure if this person hits the mark, but I really want to meet them. And I've gone for Ernest Hemingway. Oh, a bit of a cliche, but also very much like to drink. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like he'd. Be, I just feel like he'd be quite. I, don't, I can't decide if I think he'd be fun, but I think he'd be really interesting to talk to. I think he'd have some amazing stories, and you need that. Exactly. Party. I think he'd be like having. He'd be sat in a corner of the library like drinking I don't know brandy on the rocks and just like having really aggressive conversations with people I think yeah that's that's, that's what I'm you need a bit of that at a yeah, party, but I, I like think. A, exactly but I think he'd be a make or break he'd either be really like grumpy and miserable but really interesting or really fun so is there anyone else now you've got your three your three that have arrived have you got anybody else coming well, again, I have to think really long and hard about this because I have always really wanted to meet Jane Austen. But whenever I read about her in real life, she doesn't sound like she'd be very fun. But again, I just really want to meet her. Yeah, I I can't see her being much of a party animal. Well, exactly. Um... And I also think that I'd really like to meet her and decide which of her characters I think she based on her. Because I think she must have done. There must be. I, yeah. I feel like maybe she wanted to be Lizzie but maybe actually was Jane herself in, in those books. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know because she never ends up married. So maybe she's, um, oh, the, you know, the young, not the younger, the middle sister that plays, was it the young one? Basically the one that's always playing piano. Oh, oh is it Mary? Name. Yes, Mary, that's it. Yeah, it's not Kiss or Lydia, Mary. yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, not. We could, we could be totally wrong and she could be um, Emma from Emma or she could be... Um, Marianne from Sense of Sensibility, like she could be. This is what this she is might what actually I need to be find the life out. and soul. You never yeah. know. She might come and be so much and actually kind of cross about this dour reputation she's got. Well, exactly. There could there could be so many, like, yeah, see what I mean? And I think this is why this is possibly the hardest question because 
you're torn between wanting like fun characters there as in fictional characters or you want to actually meet the authors that you want to meet that's the thing isn't it and I know a couple of other guests have said you kind of get an idea in your head of what authors or characters are like and then it's actually would they actually be like that when they arrive would they actually be yeah I think Pippin and Mary would but I think I think I've made a real gamble with Hemingway and Austin that could that could go really wrong um, I think the good thing with Mary and Pippin, though, is that they're going to bring the party no matter what. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So even if Austin and Hemingway are like locked in a battle to the death, me, me, Mary and Pippin could just be like drinking on the table. Yeah. Set of fireworks and stuff. I mean, obviously, hobbits love to eat. So I'd have to have like continuous snacks. But we're in a magic yeah. castle. So that'd be fine. That'd be easy. Is there anyone else? No, I'm happy with my choices so far. You're happy with the choices. Is there anyone who does not get an invite? Is there anyone you absolutely want to ban from this party that I need to turn away if they arrive? Ooh, that is a good question. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like to think I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. So I would never be like, hmm? that, that's a really interesting question. Um, probably not, to be fair. Because I think if... If you've got the audacity that you're going to turn up to a very intimate dinner party at a magic castle that you're not invited to, I'm like, I've kind of got to meet you. I guess the bonus as well of the magic castle is that if you really don't want somebody there or they're killing the mood, there's going to be a way to get rid of them. Well, exactly. So, it, you know, it, it could it could turn out. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't think there's anyone that I'd be like, absolutely no way. Um I mean, maybe sticking with the Lord of the Rings, the only person I think was like Sauron, maybe. He, he's he's not invited, but... Nobody wants Sauron at a dinner party, do they? Well, exactly. And as he doesn't really have a a, a human form, I doubt he'd turn up. <laughs> be a bit weird, but no. It would be a bit strange. It was just a giant eye yeah. appearing outside. No, That's, everyone is I love, I love your, uh, your open door magical castle policy here. See? I think and we could also get some real fun people turn up. You never know. You never know. You might get all of the Hobbit. You might get the whole fellowship just rock up. Oh. Well, yeah, because you'd think Mary and Pippin would be like, oh, we're going to this party where there's free food. So. And I feel like Gimli, I mean, just from the yeah. Hobbit as well, dwarves, dwarves love just turning up to stuff they're not really invited to. So. Yeah. And actually, I kind of wish I'd extended my Pippin and Mary thing to include Sam. because I think Sam would also be really fun. I think he'd be more fun if he didn't have Frodo there. Yeah, Frodo's a bit of a downer, but. Frodo's literally the main character. Yeah, maybe I could not let Frodo in. So there you go. That's kind of an answer. Oh, so the, the yeah, the uh, the fellowship gets turned up, but not Frodo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I would probably Boromir as well. Oh yeah, he's not very fun, is he? He mm. seems like a bit of a downer, to be honest with you. But I thank you for letting me know your uh, your dream night. I'm excited well, to turn up for this. Well, just before we continue, um, are we allowed an activity? Because I thought about what activity Ooh. we would be doing. Yes, of course you are. So I think we should play a board game. And more specifically, I think we should play Cluedo. Oh, you I know Hemingway would be really good at that. Yeah, see, it's a very random choice, isn't it? But I feel like those people playing Cluedo with our aperitifs in hand would be quite fun. I think uh, Mary and Pippin's concentration might not be great. But uh, I think Hemingway would be excellent. Exactly. So it could be good. And he had that that deep voice, didn't he? So he'd be really, once he guessed at the end, because it would obviously be Hemingway who would do the guessing at the end. And he would definitely win. 
absolutely he'd be so good i love the idea so you guys go and head into the uh the library at the end of the night and you sit and play some uh some cluedo with an endless supply of aperitifs I feel like it's going to get messy very fast. Well, exactly. And then there'll obviously become a point kind of near midnight where we're already hungry. Mm. So the midnight snack is obviously going to be pizza. Oh, I was going to ask if it was going to be the grey stuff from the song. No, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> no one's Definitely not pizza. <laughs> pizza, you've got to have, uh, yeah, have your library pizza. I love yeah. the sound of it. This, sounds, not, like, this yeah. sounds like an evening I'd like to be part of. Yeah, it's not very on Lord of the Rings brand, but we're having pizza. I think you would blow Mary and Pippin's mind with pizza. Exactly. They, they'd love it. I think it'd be life-changing for them. And Maybe once, even for Hemingway and Austin. And once you explain to Mary and Pippin that you could have different toppings, I mean, the possibilities are endless. Game changer. Exactly. Absolute game changer. Thank you. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm a little bit nervous, actually, to, uh, to do our little crossover. Well, it's it well too late because it's here now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was so hard for me. Like when you said that, like guessing people for like picking people for the evening was hard. This was like Sophie's choice for me. Yeah, people say that a lot. To be fair. Um, so please tell us about the first book you've chosen and why you've chosen it. So my first book is Never Let Me Go by, and I'm going to post this on Kazuo Ishiguro. That's how um, I pronounce it. So yeah, I agree. Apologies to anybody. <laughs> you could probably pronounce that properly. Um, that book I read when I was about 16 um, and was completely moved by it, but didn't really think on it again. And then when I was in my early 20s, I went to a Q&A with the author and then they showed the film. They did a screening of the film afterwards and I was a complete wreck after watching the film. Like really, I've, I've never cried so hard at a film. And I decided to go back and read the book again. And it has, I think reading it as an adult was completely different. And it's something that, it's a book that I recommend to everybody. I just love it. It's really timely. It's very poignant. Um, and also it took me a while to work out what the twist is. Um, but when you do, it's it's really mm-hmm. moving. Yeah, his his books are are beautiful. I I've had I've never read Never Let Me Go, and I don't actually think I've seen the film, but I I know vaguely what happens. But I recently read his Clara and the Sun. Oh, I've not read that yet. I've I've heard some mixed things. I think I would like to read it though. No, that's this this that that book is the first and only of his that I've read, so I don't actually have anything to compare it to. Um, so yeah, but I I liked it so. I shall add it onto my list. I shall add it for sure. I think he's I, just a really beautiful writer. Yeah, and I know there's a film of um, Never Let Me Remains Go. Remains of the Day. Is, is that what it's called? Interesting. Yeah, I think he wrote that as well. Ah. Oh, Wait, I'm confused. So Never Let Me Go is one and then Remains of the Day. Oh yeah, and Remains of the Day is another film as well. So he's had a yeah. few of his books turned into films, I think. Yeah, but I like... Like I said, I've only ever read one of his books, but I know that he tackles a lot of bigger issues. So I can see how there's a market kind of turning them into films. I see that. Yeah. And I think as well, especially with Never Let Me Go, the way it's shot is really stunning. I think his books lend themselves to the screen really nicely because the visually, I think they could be made to look really beautiful. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I could definitely see Clara and the Sun being made into made into a film. Yeah. Mm. Maybe right, so. Oh, well, I hope so. Yeah, if he's if he's <laughs> listening, 
please, number one, come on both of our podcasts and number two, turn yes. it into a film. Uh, I'm so, if he came into my podcast, I'd be like an absolute wreck. I, I, <laughs> it, I'd be very, very uncool. <laughs> It'd be <enough>. embarrassing. <laughs> so, so my next book. Yes, uh, tell us about it. This is the book that literally like sparked my love for historical fiction. Um, and also was the reason I became so obsessed with Anne Boleyn and still am. Ooh. And it's The Other Boleyn Girl by Philippi- Philippa Gregory. Ooh, that is a classic, isn't it? Oh, uh, and I read it again when I was about 14, 15. Um, and I just fell like in love with the book. I have reread it. You know, everyone has that go-to book that if you really yeah. want to just reread something that I will never get bored of reading it ever. I've had to get a new copy actually because my other one fell apart. The spine all disintegrated. Oh. Um, but I just love it. It is probably grossly historically inaccurate in some ways. Um, and we don't even talk about the film because that was, uh, that was shocking. Um, <laughs> so bad. I think, I think with historical books like that, it's, it's very hard to tell if they're historically accurate or not, given we don't know anything, as in we, not we as a society, like we're not historians, we don't yeah. know. Um, but I remember reading that and being really grossed out that he slept with two sisters. I was like, honey, what are you doing? Yeah, and, f- and apparently the mother as well. There were rumours about, oh. about the mother. Yeah, yeah. And that is historically accurate. There were rumours that before, you know, before the two sisters, he, yeah, slept with slept with the mother. Um, but I love the fact as well, because I've read all of Philippa Gregory's books mm-hmm. in the Tudor court. I love that you see what young Henry was like before because I think people always imagine Henry just mm. as like the the very overweight the kind of grotesque you know beheader of wives yeah and and also there was a book before that um that she wrote about Catherine of Aragon and again to see the evolution of of Henry and how he went from kind of this handsome romantic bit egotistical young man to how warped and twisted he became is really interesting and I I love Mary as a character as well because she starts off really quite meek and a bit dull and kind of finds her fire as the story goes on. So for me, it is like the perfect historical fiction. Yeah, I see that. And I remember being really shocked when I found out that Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon were married for something like 25 years before he divorced her. It wasn't like five minutes. No, and and it was unheard of back then. You know, the fact that Catherine had had I mean, sadly that they hadn't survived, but she had given him so many children. You know, she's suffered so many losses. And And I feel like it's the ultimate historical um, karma that they now think it was a problem with him that was causing that issue. Yeah. Not that that helps her. No, it doesn't help her at all. But um, I mean, again, that shows the the pure ego of the Tudor man, I think. That there was no, no way it could possibly be. And again, for Anne... Anne is a really complex character in this book because I think I swung from like really hating her to kind of really empathizing with her. And that's the the great thing about how Gregory writes Mm. is you're completely conflicted by the characters throughout. They all act in very selfish ways, um, but you see their their vulnerability as well. And I think she's set up very much as a character of either like villainy or you know the temptress or and people forget that she was just a woman with very little choice as well yeah I really I really like Philippa Gregory's books and I think that you're right she does write really compelling characters it's not just 
we should all hate Henry VIII because he's a really bad guy. It's actually, it's not, it's not as easy as that. He's, he's, a, he's a human person who is a complex yeah. character and at different points in his life had different motivations. And I, re- I agree with you. I think in Philippa Gregory's books, that comes through. Um, and he had so much pressure. Well. I mean, as well, it's very easy for people to say, you know, he was just an awful man who couldn't have kids, but the pressure on him from such a young age to continue his line... I can't imagine the pure weight that somebody feels knowing that they have to have a son. You know, it's it's very difficult for all the characters, but she writes it. And also there's some there's some great sex scenes in there. We do love that. <laughs> a nice bodice ripper. And I, I, mean, I do. We've totally gone off on like a Henry VIII tangent right now. <laughs> but I also remember being really surprised. I think I might have read this because obviously some of Philippa Gregory's books come with like historical explanations at the end so like explain this like the context and stuff the number of being really surprised when i read um so obviously henry the eighth dies his son rules for a bit then his son dies and then we have mary the first and then elizabeth the first mm-hmm. i remember being really surprised when i read that when it came to mary the first like people it wasn't that there were other like male candidates and they just decided to have her there were no other male candidates it was mary elizabeth and they had three sisters um, one of them, Lady Jane Grey, lost her head. And I remember being like, oh, okay, so it wasn't really that. They just didn't have any other good candidates. There really wasn't a lot of other choices. And they certainly didn't want to bring, you know, the the York line. They didn't want to go down that route of bringing them back up. Yeah. You know, we've so definitely got yeah. a bit of a historical tangent here. But yes, we I have. Agree. <laughs> I do love a Philippa Gregory book. I can, yeah, agreed. So please tell us about the third book you've chosen and why you've chosen it. Third that. book. Um, this was a really, really difficult choice for me. Um, and I this is actually a book I read this year, and it's Betty by Tiffany McDaniel. Um, no, I don't think I've heard of it. Tell us about it. Uh, Betty is, it's a really, really heartbreaking story, made more so because it's actually the story of the author's grandmother. Mm. Um, I think there are obviously elements that have been fictionalised, but it's very heavily based on, on her life. It's I don't want to give any of the plot away because I think it's a book that you have to experience. It's very moving. It's very sad, but it's also really beautiful. And she writes, there's so much love in how she writes it because it is about her grandmother and her mother. And I think there's so much love poured into the story, but also it is very triggering. There are points of it that are very difficult to read. And the fact that the author can tackle those despite it being about her own family is a real testament to her writing I think yeah no well obviously I don't want to have you talking about it if you don't want to give away uh uh the plot I suppose um but yeah it's very Uh, much the story so Betty is the main character mm -hmm. um and it follows her life from being a young girl um and a lot of it actually is very much to do her with her relationship with her father um and her siblings and her mother it's it's a very simple story about a family, really, but it's really, really beautiful. Okay, all right. And you know what? We will quickly move on because I don't want you to give any spoilers. People no, I don't want to give anything away. Go in and buy it. So please tell us about the fourth book you've chosen and why you've chosen it. I've cheated a little bit because <laughs> it's so like me, like me with Mary and Pippin. Yeah, I've cheated a little bit. So this is really like the overall series, and it's the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Again, something and I can't but never read. Yeah, I can't choose one book, if I'm honest with you. Um, and I think they're quite a Marmite series. I I think for people who love fantasy, and these really were the books that kick-started again, my love of fantasy. I lived in Canada and I had an older cousin 
um, who was reading them and, and watching the, the really god-awful TV show that they made of it. Um, <laughs> and I remember picking them up and being completely hooked. I think there's like 13 books now, 14 books. Harry Dresden is a wizard living in modern-day Chicago, running basically like a PI, investigatory. Um, he's very sarcastic. He is not always great with his magic. He has a very sarcastic pervert skull called Bob, who assists him with his magic in exchange for pornography. Um, and there's okay. a thing. Oh, it, Bob is one of my favorite characters. He's basically been imprisoned within the skull. He's a spirit, but he's been imprisoned within a skull for doing unspeakable things um, when he was a human. Um, and of a sexy nature, I should say, not of a bad nature, but uh, for causing say, embarrassment. Is this, like, yeah, is this like a is this like a very illegal nature or just like a sexy nature? I think he just caused much embarrassment to wizards and was uh, was banished okay. into a spell for it. Um, I'm the, like a Lord Byron type character. Yeah, he's got that kind of vibe. Yeah, and occasionally he's allowed to like break out of his skull in exchange for uh, assisting Harry. But my oh. favorite thing about it is the the network of magic. I mean, if you like fantasy and you like magic, Butcher goes so big. I mean, there's like mm. Norse mythology, there's vampires, there's ghosts, there's werewolves, there's everything you could ever want, zombies, necromancers. And it's also intricate. There are courts for all the vampires. There are hierarchies. I think mm. in his most latest ones, there's actually sort of biblical elements of... Uh, baddies from the bible now, do you know how many books are in the series because it must take quite th- a few books to kind of get that level of world building i think it is 14 he actually released oh two books back to back i want to say last year he released kind of two books in the series in the same year um and he's a bit of a lesson to people like you know george martin and uh patrick rothfuss you can write the next you can book write quicker yeah <laughs> you can write the next book um but he I mean, they are a bit laddie to say, you know, there's a lot of sexy ladies in there. Mm. Um, and Harry, I love the fact that he's not a perfect hero. He's very much flawed. Yeah. He very much has his issues. Um, and you still I'm getting, I'm getting the impression you like a flawed character. I do. I really like a flawed character. There's nothing more off-putting for me than like a perfect hero. That just doesn't do it for me. But these are, if people want a book that is pure fantasy, is pure magic, and is just really fun, this series is is excellent. Well, listeners, Christmas is coming up. So for that bookworm in your life that's read everything, maybe they haven't read this. Put those 14 books on your Christmas list. (laughs) Maybe start with one. I did Actually, I did that with Game of Thrones. One year I put, I think, books one to three on my Christmas list. Mm. And I, I was a very lucky girl. I got them. And I read the first half of the first one, and I was like, I can't do it. Really? Well, I, I, I find, obviously anyone who's read or seen Game of Thrones will understand how complex a lot of it is. And I just kind of abandoned it. But to be fair, this was a, a long time ago. I think this was mm. six, seven years ago now, a long time. So maybe, maybe I should revisit it. There's a lot of characters. I think my problem with Game of Thrones, I've read all of them and really enjoyed them there's a lot of families and they all seem to have fairly similar names exactly and i think it's much easier to watch that kind of thing on tv which is sacrilege yeah. i know but it's much easier than to see it written down well you know their faces then so yeah, you know exactly. who they are yeah. and the nice thing about the dresden files is you don't really have that there there mm-hmm. isn't tons of people to get confused by which is really really nice okay. i can um, get behind that it's a goodie all right so tell us 
tell us about the final book you've chosen and why you've chosen it. I agonised over my last book. Um, I've gone for Circe by Madeline Miller. Ooh, um, I, lo- I read that last year on holiday and I did really like it. So. Oh, it's I love Greek mythology. Um, mm. I'm a bit obsessed. Well there, doesn't read read fiction. A, well, there does seem to be a big trend at the moment for going back and taking yeah. characters from Greek mythology. I mean, there's Circe, there's the Song of Achilles, there's... Um, Oh, what's that called? The Silence of the Girls. Um, yeah, Ariadne, A Thousand yeah. Ships, A Law that came out based. Yeah, so many. There seems to be a bit of resurgence. Um, but I was interested as a kid in Greek mythology. It was something my granddad was really into. He's travelled to Greece a lot. He had lots of books about it. Um, so I knew a lot about them in a non-fictional sense. That I'd read a lot about the myths. Um, and then Circe was kind of the first fictional book that I picked up about it. And I just fell in love. Um, she's such an amazing character and I think Madeline Miller is probably one of the best writers she sets mm. the scene so beautifully mm. oh you just you feel like you are in ancient Greece you're hanging out on those islands and she makes all the the monsters and the magic feel real it doesn't yeah. necessarily feel like magic or like pretend it's all very very real and very raw um yeah, I could have gone for any. I could have gone for A Song of Achilles. I could have gone for A Thousand Ships. Um, her and Natalie Haynes are, for me, two of, like, the best at writing Greek mythology as, as fiction. But, yeah, I've gone for Circe. I think, I think my favourite one of all of the Greek mythology ones I've read is called The Silence of the Girls by Pat, either Pat Baker or Pat Barker. I think it's Pat Baker. And it's yeah. about, um, <laughs> it's basically about um, what happens to the women in so that everyone knows about the siege of Troy it's about yeah. what happens to the women in the siege of Troy kind of right at the very end so not the first 10 years but like right at the very end what happens when they have the, the final climactic battle and what happens after that when they're kind of being taken prisoner and stuff like that and yeah that that was probably my favorite one of all of them that being said I haven't read Ariadne so it could change <laughs> It's really funny. So I did not enjoy Silence of the Girls and I didn't give it a great Ooh. review. Um, but obviously we're going to have to have a fight now. Like, I'll see you we outside. We're going to duel. <laughs> I know so many people who loved it and I loved Ariadne. I think I gave that five stars and I have some friends who we usually agree on books and they did not enjoy it at all. Um, I think the way that they're, the different takes on it I found Silence of the Girls really modern in the speech and the language, and I found that quite jarring. But others love that. Do you know what? Yeah, really actually, I I rec- that. Well, I don't want to say like I rec- I don't want to say it's a valid criticism because if you didn't like it for whatever reason, that's fine. But I do I see where you're coming from with that. That's a, that is very interesting. Yeah, you're right. It is more modern in in speech. I think that's the great thing at the moment with so many takes on the Greek mythology is I think. There is one out there for everybody. I think there is there is a form of those stories, especially now that you'll find that you're going to love. Yeah. I wonder what's going to be the next kind of rehash mythology. Is it going to be Norse? Is it going to be Roman? Interesting. I, I would of... love some Norse. And I'd love some Egyptian gods, actually. Mm. I'm a big fan of the uh, Egyptian mythology. Yeah, well, I think I was just thinking Norse. And maybe they aren't going to cover that because it's kind of covered off um, which again is completely different kettle of fish covered off by the Thor Loki mm-hmm. um, Marvel I think it's Marvel I'm not really into my superhero movies um, yeah Marvel uh, situation that's going on and they've got about 20 million films about it 
So it would be interesting though. And actually, I think some of Norse mythology is, is really dark. There's some really dark stories in there that would be really cool to cover. So I think there's a big focus at the moment, isn't there, on like sort of the female-centered mythology. Yeah. And do you know what? That's also a very good point about Greek mythology. It's very rare you get a happy ending. Mm-hmm. But I think in some of these um retellings, they do try and give them maybe not maybe not a happy ending because you're kind of constrained historically by what's happened but yeah. like not not as bad as it probably would have been in real life i think women are less of the victims in these stories yeah, they're kind of really. reclaiming a bit of sense of uh of their own story even if it's not necessarily a positive yeah no i i do agree with that right so of the books you've chosen and i can't say five books you cheated with the judgment files but i'll allow that because i cheated okay. on yours um which book is your favorite of all of them the other villain girl. Yeah, completely agree. Great choice. Great choice. <laughs> I, I mean, have read it so many times now. I couldn't yeah. even count how many times I've read it. And I will probably reread it again many times mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah. There's a reason why it was a smash hit. And I, I couldn't even tell you how many copies it sold. But I remember when it was I kind of newly out, it was everywhere. Everyone read it. It was just everywhere. Yeah. It was huge. It was huge. Um, and I think it was a real resurgence of historical fiction. I think that kind of fallen into the kind of like you say the bodice ripper, the kind of like yeah, you know the ladies, landladies on the covers. You know, and you've always got the girls that my grandma reads. Uh, it kind of fallen into that, and I think it kind of brought it back into the mainstream. But again, Philippa Gregory um, is very prolific. She's written all kinds of um, books, not just about um, the Tudors. There was one. Oh, I forget what it's called now. But my my um, my nan had it for Christmas the other year, and it was. Um, about us uh, an old timey I suppose source alleged sorceress I have to say that called Jocasta mm. I forget what the oh. name is. It was the, the river the river's something this is really oh was it lady of the rivers so maybe that was it yeah yeah like she's not on my, so my, my top podcast and game this morning so I do apologize to the <laughs> listeners very- so she's written so many books so so many um and I think as well what I love is all of hers tie in together a lot of yeah. them mm. um and that must take some real work yeah and again that's another lesson for George Martin like come on now you can write quicker yeah Patrick Rothfuss with I refused to the name of the wind was almost on here so close but it was so long ago that I read it now and there's no new book. And I'm like, no, I refuse. I'm not going to put it on my top five until there's not, a third yeah, book. We're not entertaining this male ridiculousness yet. Completely agree. So on Just to write the, the damn five... books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So on to the five quick fire questions. So question number one, fiction or non-fiction? Fiction. Well, I think that was obvious to everyone. Question number two, what's your favourite place to read? In the bath. Mm, people, people people come on and answer that question it's pretty much a 50 50 split between the bath or like the sofa or the bed or like somewhere comfy and I think people that read in the bath are just insane because it's just so like high risk I'd like to know how many of them are parents because I know for me the fact my bathroom door has a lock on it it's probably the most peaceful place I could take a book (laughs) yeah I I, yeah maybe I could do another test uh, and find that one out um so how often do you finish a book Oh, virtually every time, like 98% of the time. Okay, and how many books do you kind of do you read in a month or do you? Um, I mean, it varies. Now you've said I'm you've afraid. had kids, yeah, it would vary. If it was summer holidays, maybe not a lot. 
Well, I would say I read between seven and 12 books a month, probably. Oh, that is a lot. Probably around that. Do you ever get that existential crisis where you realise there's too many books that you'll never be able to read them all? Yeah, always. Yeah. Although I'm trying, I'm trying my best to purchase them all. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will never yeah. be able to read them all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for listeners' benefit, there's a very full bookshelf behind behind her. So yeah. Oh, and I this this is actually my plan B bookshelf. Um, this is this is where the books that I don't have room for downstairs, they come up here to live um until they can be rotated downstairs so this is like my secondary but but important question what do they have to do to get rotated downstairs is it you have to get rid of one of the books from downstairs and if so how often does that actually happen not very often not as often as my husband would like (laughs) yeah I see that my uh when I so I moved into a flat and I only bought like three books with me um and my flatmate was like but why have you only got three books you love to read I know I know you do you tell me about it all the time and I was like, yeah, but the problem is I'm going to buy them. So I don't want to take up all the shelf space now. Because it's it's have, crazy. Yeah, I have about four shelves here, but my parents' house is still full of my books, which I need to sort. But I just can't bring My plan is we are building a great big shelf in my attic, which will eventually be our bedroom. Mm. And we're making another secondary huge shelf. Basically, if I can just make my house into a library, I will have achieved greatness. <laughs> I think you would, but I think the problem the problem with my books is I have them all, and someone will say, "Oh, do you have this book?" And I'll be like, "Yep, definitely have it." And they'll be like, "Okay, where is it?" I'll be like, "I don't know." I have to look on all of my shelves. I don't really have a system. Yeah, no, I don't. I just know I have so. it. Yeah. Yeah. Answer to that question is you need to go and find it. I do not know if you want to borrow it. You have to track it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, question number four: the quick fire questions. What's your favorite independent bookshop? There is one in Bridport, which is my hometown, and it's called Wild Books. I yeah. might have got that wrong, but Wild and Free Books. Um, but it's brilliant. And if you ever need anything, they are very, very helpful in there. Excellent choice. And final question. Uh, what book are you most looking forward to reading next? I have actually got a lecture by Jennifer Saint. I was very kindly sent a proof copy, um, which is the follow-up book to Ariadne. And I am, I didn't expect to get it either. It was a real surprise. So I'm very excited, uh, very, very excited for that. And I've also got the Bone Shard Emperor. I've just read The Bone Shard Daughter and absolutely loved it. And I literally just finished it and the sequel arrived. So I'm very excited for that one. What great timing. And again, I found it interesting what you said about advanced copies. I say that to my friends all the time. I'm like, I'm really excited. I've got sent this advanced copy and they're like, Okay, so you got sent a book, and I'm like, yeah, and they're like, but it's not out yet, and I'm like, no, and I just don't think they get it. But I'm, I'm always excited. Uh, it brings me an awful, especially if you don't expect it, and I didn't, I exactly. didn't expect it. After, uh, it was, yeah, uh, and I think uh, because it's a crossover episode, I feel like I have to answer what book am I most looking forward to reading? Yes. Um, and again, I've kind of got two answers. So I got sent a um a recipe book by Harbour Books. It's one of the Ottolenghi series, Ooh. and for those who don't know, Ottolenghi is a chef who really specializes in vegetarian dishes from like um of, of like middle eastern origins they're really nice but they take ages and there's like a page long of ingredients so i'm gonna pick one today and, and work my way through it i think is my plan but again that's not really like a reading book um so my other answer is this is gonna sound a bit of a weird one so my friend went to a bookshop in Portugal and it's a very famous bookshop allegedly some the bookshop in Harry Potter was based on it but i'm not sure how true that is very famous bookshop 
and they um, print in-house a couple of books. And she bought me back one of them as, as a present. Um, and it's the Jungle Book, as in the Rudyard Kipling oh, old, amazing. old children's book. Um, so I'm about 10 pages into that. So I'm going to try and finish that as well. But yeah. So that's your current read as well. That's what you're yeah. currently reading. So I've kind of covered off two there. But yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Um, but yeah, going to have a nice quiet day of reading. Mm, I am currently reading The Slaughterman's Daughter. Oh, I've um, seen that one. I think my mum's read it. Well, I'm doing it as a read-along. Uh, mm-hmm. Frenzy Reads on Instagram has, is hosting a great big read-along, and I'm very behind. Um, but it's an it's absolute, like, watch of a book. So I've just started it. Um, I'm very excited. It's a beautiful book as well. It looks gorgeous. No, I'm, see, I'm very bad at read-alongs for that reason, because I always get really behind, and then I'm like, oh. It's too much, like, school to me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm always the one that, like, when they have finally have, like, the big chat, I just go real quiet because I'm still reading it. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I think the worst, I put my foot in it the other day. I was in a, a read-along for, and I can't even remember. So I was in a read-along for, it was either the woman in white or the woman in black. Nah. <laughs> I think it was the woman in white, I think. Um, and it, so the book itself was written by Wilkie Collins. So I think it's the woman in white. And I, I said, oh, I'm really excited to see the film of this book with Daniel Radcliffe in. It's not the woman in white, it's the woman in black. So it's just by Susan Hill, right? The woman in black. Yeah, I just Hill. massively was like, I don't, yeah. So basically I'm a Philistine, so. Oh dear, you're going to be cast out from the, from the read-along. Yeah, definitely, definitely cast out. If I haven't been cast out already, I haven't checked, but yeah. Oh, this has been so much fun. I have really loved doing this. It has been so much fun. Thank you so much for, uh, yeah, making time for, for, for my episode, for letting me come on your episode. This has been great. It's a lot I'm of fun. Often, and I'm same often, to you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm often not have a dinner party with a uh, Pippin and Mary. That's the saddest bit about mine is that none of these things will happen. No, and if they did, I'd be like very cute. I'd be like, I have died and gone to heaven. So, yeah, that's pretty that much what we'll Yeah. <laughs> but thank you very, very much. You are very welcome, Danny. Thank you. Oh, and I should also say thank you for me.